Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined via voice over IP from Miami by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? It's great, man. A little West Coast instrumental. I'm in the mood. I'm ready to go. Yeah, boy, big shout to M. Deuce, of course, for providing our music. You can find that song on SoundCloud, uh, or I think he's on Facebook and Twitter, uh, M-Deuce, uh, M-Deuce Music is the guy you're looking for. So we are without Nick Kruger once again. Boy, it must be nice to miss the podcast every week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just lounging around on, on a beach somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, so uh, Nick, I guess, has house guests this week, which are currently occupying his uh, studio. So we're going bare bones so we can turn this around quickly because we've been losing podcasts left and right with all these coaching moves happening so fast and making them almost immediately outdated, even some of the ones I listen to. Yeah. And it looks like we might be the victim of that. We should point that out right now as we're recording this on at around nine o'clock on Tuesday night. It looks like another plane is headed from Knoxville to Stillwater uh, and you know, you don't send a plane if you expect to come back empty handed. So who knows by the time this comes out, Mike Gundy could be the head coach of Tennessee. Well, he, of course there was a play, there was allegedly a plane going there earlier today, yet, uh, the meeting was supposed to be taking place in Dallas. So why would the plane be going there? I guess pick up his family. I don't know. Yeah, Where'd you see that? Where'd you see plane watch? Uh, I, I think, Somebody that works for our uh, Oklahoma site had retweeted somebody saying that another plane was headed that way. Now, you know, that could be nothing, but, but who knows? All right. So take that as a disclaimer. If it does turn out, we are going to talk a lot about uh, Tennessee here coming up in a little bit. So first, we want to get into the game picks. We'll revisit last week's picks. Boy, wasn't necessarily a pretty week for any of us. Nick goes 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. He did not give his picks on the air, though, so it's not helping the people any. Uh, Rob goes one, three, and one. And, and of course, who do you think is in last but me? Oh, four, and one. So, <laughs> my, my, and I'll tell you, I couldn't miss that many games if I tried actively to fail. Yeah, this is a real beat them down situation, man. I, I don't even really know what to say at this point. Okay, so I am now 14, 35, and two on the season. So, uh, Boy, what a number that is. Uh, Rob, you're 31, 18, and 2. You're in first place. Got a 17-game lead over me. So that's still still alive, technically, mathematically. And Nick coming strong at 26, 23, and 2 uh, as he continues to improve his record. He's only five games back now. Rob, are you getting and, a little nervous? And I, and I, I am because I'm a notorious bad bowl game picker. I, I have never been good at that. Yeah, so we're going to pick a lot of bowl games uh, once they are all ironed out here, uh, but we'll, we'll know the matchups next week. So let's get into the picks this week. First off, starting the Pac-12, Stanford, uh, four-point underdog uh, against USC in the Pac-12 championship. They play that game in the Bay Area, I think, if they if they consider wherever Levi's Stadium is, I think, the Bay Area, even though I think it's pretty far from the water. Um so what do you think, Rob? You can pick that one first. Yeah, give me Stanford, USC. Under. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take the more established – uh, program and a more established quarterback uh, over Stanford. Yeah, Stanford's been playing well, but uh, yeah, I, I like USC to close strong. They maybe have an extremely outside shot at the playoff, but uh, look for them to finish, you know, firmly in the in the top ten there. Uh, Memphis. Now, game number two. I guess I got to pick this one first. Memphis, a seven point underdog, going to UCF, uh, my alma mater, as I touched on last week. Uh, they did not cover last week, and that that 
excellent game between USF, which apparently did nothing to impress uh, the playoff committee as two more teams jumped UCF in the rankings. <laughs> uh, they moved up one spot. This is a tough one because I've told you I'm I'm nervous uh, about this one, but uh, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go reverse jinx and I'm gonna pick Memphis just because I want UCF to win. So uh, I do like the under in this game. I think I saw it's like 85 or something like that. So uh, that's just a little insider tip for for uh, the wise guys out there. UCF has already covered seven points against this team once this year, right? I, I can't remember the final score of that first game. I think they won by about <laughs> 70. Actually, yeah. it was like. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Guess what? Memphis didn't go out and get an all-star cast. Uh, UCF is still awesome. Unless Scott Frost is already halfway in Lincoln, uh, they're covering this one too. Yeah, that game was kind of weird. I think UCF was up 9-7, to seven, and then there was a turnover and a pick six. The next thing you know, it was 31-7 to seven or something. But guess what? That's what UCF does to you. Oregon used to do it, and Scott Frost has been doing the same thing. So, uh, so that's the pick. I want UCF to win, but I'm picking Memphis in a reverse jinx. Next up, Big 12 Championship. Uh, they play this one at uh, Jerry's World there in Arlington, Texas. TCU, a seven-point underdog against Oklahoma. This is another rematch. Uh, boy, it's rematch city. I think Stanford and USC played earlier this year as well. TCU, a seven-point underdog. Well, I'll let you go first because I, I did pick Memphis first. So what do you think, Rob? I think that if you lose to Iowa State, you should be disqualified from the Big 12 Championship. So neither one of these teams should be playing. So they're out. Iowa State's in. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know who's in, but it, that's not a good team. They're fake good. I th- I think Oklahoma wins uh, on the basis that I think they have better players, which helps you in a game of football. Uh, so I'll take the Sooners. Yeah, I'm going to pick Oklahoma too. I, I sort of like the uh, Horn Frogs here a little bit because you never know when their defense is going to step up. We saw it against Oklahoma State when. We were riding that wave earlier in the year, but uh, I like Oklahoma's chances. I think if they do win this game, you know, it's going to be uh, by at least a touchdown because of the way they score them. So go with the Sooners. Now, Georgia versus Auburn. This one right here in my home city of Atlanta, Georgia. I almost considered going to the game until I realized I didn't want to go down and park. And <laughs> Also a rematch. Yeah, exactly. Another rematch. Auburn blew the doors off of them the last time they played just a few weeks ago. Georgia only a two and a half point underdog, which is that's a little you know suspicious. I think people would say, but guess what? Auburn's rolling. I know Georgia's going to come in fired up. There was a lot of you know we beat the dog out of them. I think was the quote from uh, Gus Malzahn. But you know, I just think it's after seeing what we saw the first time. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Tigers. Give me the dogs and give me an iron ball letdown. Uh, you know, they can't stay this hot forever, right? I, I mean, they were they played out of their minds against Alabama. I'm not saying they weren't a better team. They were. But are they that good? I mean, that game wasn't even that close. Uh, I think there's a letdown here. I think Georgia's going to win this outright. Well, I just I just like the the game plan that they against both of these teams, which was make the quarterbacks beat you. And uh, they, they got after from, they shut down the running game. They did the same thing in the Alabama game. It worked both times. So I like that formula. I think it's going to kind of hold up. All right. Next up the ACC championship, which is in Charlotte. I will, uh, another game I considered attending, but I'm too lazy, Uh, which if you were to tell 12 year old me that I could go to, these games as a reporter for free and I didn't go, I'd probably take a time machine and kill myself in the future. But uh, it just goes to show, uh, as my mom would say, with with nothing else afterwards. (laughs) I think that one of the themes of this podcast is you taking subtle shots at your own mother. 
<laughs> That's the theme of my life. We don't uh, spare anybody around here. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who knows if my mom listens to the podcast? We'll put it that. I don't think my mom knows what my job is. So, uh, my Miami, a nine and a half point underdog. Uh, uh, so, Rob, your home city, you go first. I'm going to take the homer pick. I, I think that's way too many points. I don't think Miami's going to win this game, but I don't think that this is, I don't think Clemson's 10 points better than them unless they come out and do what they did last weekend. Uh, you know, I like them to get things going on the ground. I think your boy Braxton Berrios will have a nice big day, probably catch a couple touchdown passes and keep this thing close. I'll take the Hurricanes. Let me tell you something, Rob. I texted you uh, a hot tip on Saturday night. Uh, to say that I thought Oregon was going to score more than 44 points against Oregon State, which turned out to be a a genius tip. I did not share the second tip, which was uh, getting in uh, late on Clemson. I I highly advised uh, those close to me. After watching Alabama lose, I knew Clemson was going to blow out uh, uh, South Carolina in that game. They turned out to do it, and I'm going to – Why are you holding tips back on me? Well, I didn't think about it. You know, that that was my fault because, you know, wh- what if I give you two tips and they're both losers, you know? Yeah, well, I need um, them. <laughs> I should have given you that one. I That helped save my weekend. So I'm going to ride with Clemson again. I just think, you know, if this game was in Miami, I think it'd be a totally different story. But I think it's going to be a heavy Clemson crowd. I think, you know, there'll be some Hurricanes fans there. It's obviously a big chance for them to get into the playoff. But they were ahead of schedule all year. And I'm going to I'm gonna say that uh, the Tigers – Keep on rolling. Uh, all right. Last but not least, well, maybe least, the Big Ten, <laughs> the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> the most boring for sure. The Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State, a seven-point favorite against Wisconsin. They play this game in Indianapolis. Talk about a stale environment. I, I wish that these conferences would go back. I know in the early years of the Pac-12, it would be the home game. UCF's playing the home game. I don't, I don't like the neutral site game personally. I mean, it works in the SEC because it's Atlanta. But it's like Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. I mean, does that do it for you, you, you Rob? You and I have both recently been to Indianapolis. Um, I don't know. This game is – everything about this game is boring. I'm not saying the teams aren't good before my mentions blow up. They're fine football teams. But a team with a boring red and white color scheme against a team with no logo on their helmets. And Indianapolis is a city with no logo on its helmet. I mean, just everything about it is just like, ugh. It, it, uh, I, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed our time in Indianapolis, <laughs> but uh, Indianapolis is the Cleveland Browns helmet of of cities. Jeez, <laughs> oh, shots fired. That's okay. not to say it's a bad thing. It's classic. It's fine, but it is just kind of there. With you know, you're not going to find much pizzazz. How about that place that you, Nick, and I went to hang out at, which was like a uh, it's like a diner, but it was also a diner slash like ninety or 60s, 70s, eighties nightclub. Big shout to Eric Bossy, our basketball analyst, for sending us there. We had a it great was, time. Didn't it we? was like if you wanted to go party in like a Denny's, but like <laughs> exactly. at, at, yeah, like eleven. Denny's kind of cleared out some of the tables, and there was a dance floor, but people were still eating omelets. It's very strange. <laughs> I enjoyed myself tremendously, and I think you did too. I, I believe I did get a stomach ache at some point, which caused me to run out of the place. Uh, so anyway, getting back, to, getting back to the picks, I'm picking Wisconsin. Guess what? Undefeated. Uh, I'm a little nervous about the pick, but I've watched Wisconsin play pretty much every week because they've been a big-time favorite in every game, and I never think they're going to cover Seven points. I like their chances to cover. I, I think Ohio State is vulnerable. We've seen, obviously, they got blown out by Iowa. So uh, this is a big opportunity for Wisconsin, and I like them. 
I'm going to go with the Rob Cassidy strategy of pick the better players and I'll take the Buckeyes. Uh, I thought you were going to say picking against me, uh, which is tried and true uh, success. So uh, Nick will enter his picks on our spreadsheet. We will not share them with you. So, uh, but he, he put them in ahead of time last week. So we're using this as the sheet of integrity. All right, Rob, real quick before we move on to our uh, annual topics, usually we record this Tuesday afternoon. We never get to talk about the playoff. And every podcast I listen to just spends half an hour <laughs> going over endless scenarios that never play out. Well, what if, what if, uh, what if Clemson wins ninety six to two, but Auburn <laughs> and Georgia goes to nine overtimes? Who gets in? Um, yeah. So I don't want to do. Yeah, I don't right. want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But I do want to say. If you're going to make Auburn number two, just make them number one. That's what I think. I mean, right? Because they lost two games, but you're giving them a big bump because of their two wins over top 10 teams. Well, who did Clemson beat in the top 10, right? Yeah, no, uh, I, I kind of – Oh, I never mind. Clemson beat Auburn. I'm wrong. They, yeah, they, they lost to Auburn. So you can't put them ahead of Clemson, I guess, right? I mean, I guess you could. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have hesitated if all things were equal to put Ohio State over Oklahoma. There's clearly no. You want to talk about like you know what they call it? You know when they put the Kirby Holcomb or whatever his name is out in front to answer the questions. It reminds me of when they make us go on message boards after the rankings, because no answer you give will appease <laughs> suffice. Yeah, right. the The bottom line is that's who they think are the best teams in their opinion. It's just like us with the rankings. We can say, hey, we didn't like him when we saw this season. We didn't like this. We didn't like that. But you can pick a hole in it because, you know, obviously it's a subjective ranking. This is not, you know, this is not when they had the computers doing things, uh, which if it was, UCF might actually have a realistic shot going into this weekend at making it if everything fell its way. But uh, I think you and I can both agree. I don't think UCF should be in the college football playoff, but they shouldn't be number 14 behind like multiple, like two, three lost teams, no, right? They're behind teams that they could beat. And it's, it's embarrassing that they just now creeped past Mississippi state this week. Just, it, Mississippi just creeped a, by they don't have a coach. <laughs> the team doesn't even have a coach. They don't have a coach. They don't have a quarterback, which they factor in. They've said before that they factor it in if you're missing a key player. They don't have a coach. They don't have a quarterback. And they just lost to a team that went 6-6. Six and six. And did, guess guess what? That team didn't have its quarterback. And how many losses? They have three, four losses, right? Uh, I think they have three. If, uh, it doesn't matter if they have two. The, the point is UCF is undefeated, and and I knew they were setting this up. I tweeted it on Saturday night that at least two teams would jump UCF because you figure UCF is 15. They Two teams ahead of them lost. They won one of the most entertaining games of the year. Everybody was talking about it. And what? how are they How are they repaid? You know, they move up one spot. It's And I would feel this way if it was any team. I mean, you know, <laughs> Fresno State is now number 25, by the way, with three losses, right? Yep. USF is not in the rankings, but they just went toe to toe the whole time with UCF. So there's there's clearly no it's it's basically you know just a bunch of uh, rich people sitting in a room and deciding it, and that's how it's going to work, right? That's always going to. I would appreciate it a little bit more if they were just like, look, the reason that UCF's never going to make the playoff is because they just clearly don't have as much talent as these other teams. Because that's true, but don't like. Try to break it down and make it about wins and losses because it clearly is. Right. Ex- exactly. So who knows? UCF will probably lose this weekend and the whole thing will be moot, even though 
they already beat Memphis once. So then you're going to say who gets that at large bid, you know, that maybe that's why they creep Fresno state in there. So, uh, Moving on, we want to talk, obviously, about Tennessee. The whole weekend was a total disaster. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you were following along. This whole time, we've, we've talked about him. And, you know, we've been talking about it since before Butch got fired. And then, and then okay, what's going to happen with, uh, you know, John Gruden? <laughs> People made it seem like that was a realistic possibility. I don't think Rob and I ever thought that was even remotely possible. And even if it was, we just said it wouldn't necessarily be a good hire for recruiting purposes. And it turns out all along, and there are published reports saying that Rob's favorite athletic director, uh, John Curry, and the chancellor at Tennessee were purposely like not denying the Gruden stuff and kind of hyping it up and maybe planning stuff so that they could secretly go out and recruit Greg Schiano with nobody knowing. Yeah, well, Schiano, had that turn out for him? Yeah, well, Shiano, of course, is the uh, Ohio State defensive coordinator, the old Rutgers coach. Former Tennessee coach. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, former t- he's a coach at Tampa Bay. I believe he was technically the coach at Tennessee for about 20 minutes um, before they backed out. But for them to go through all that and the fans to have the backlash, which I didn't care about. I mean, I saw a bunch of people, you know, there's a bunch of people on the internet, namely – prominent college football writers, the same people who are being like, I don't care about soccer. It's stupid. We're then getting mad at fans for being fans. Uh, Yeah. That was a really weird lecture that they all got. Um, You know, whatever. I don't care. Like, what do they think? Like, of course that's going to happen. Like fans don't like a hire. It happens. Now I think it's a little weird that Curry caved. That's what I think is weird. Not that fans were angry. If you're going to put out a statement, like he did and say, look, we knew about all of this. We knew that, you know, whatever kind of thing with the, with the, with the free report, he was mentioned in there. Uh, we didn't care. So it wasn't, he just said it wasn't about that. So he's basically saying, all right, we knew about that. We didn't care. We, we just kind of backed out of this because everybody got mad at us on the internet, which I think is, you know, that doesn't make the job attractive to anybody else, but who knows if they get Mike Gundy, what does it matter? Well, exactly. And we, we, we broached on that at the, the top of the show I think Gundy's a great hire. I I do sort of wonder. I do sort of wonder, like, oh, well, is it on. a money grab? I, I I I I'm not convinced that he's going there. I, I don't understand why he would. Hold on, hold on a second. Brett McMurphy, nine twenty four p.m. Mike Gundy has decided to have made Oklahoma State. He met with Tennessee officials Tuesday in Dallas. Gundy uh, reportedly had a six year, forty two million dollar deal from Tennessee, but will remain at his alma mater. So a big shout to Brett. There, are, you can say what you want about these uh, reporters who are scolding people about that. You know, shame on you. There are a, f- a certain few guys in this business. Brett's one of them. Bruce Feldman, who I do have issues with from time to time because of his disdain for recruiting reporters. Uh, Staples, but if Bruce, Andy Staples, uh, Stuart Mandel, and and uh, you know, of course, our guys, Pete Thamel, Pat Forty. Uh, and Dan Wetzel, who I've mentioned before, best in the biz, in my opinion, especially as a columnist. If those guys report it, I'm going with it. You know, they're, they're, that's basically, and I'm sure I left somebody out, but I would say those are the six or seven guys that I can re- that you know are not just going to throw something out yep. based on a rumor that they were told. So that's it. They miss another one. So we can make that the topic. I mean, 
And guess what? This is what they should have done, though. There's no shame in not getting Mike Gundy away from his alma mater. This, but to to, and this is why you you have a right to be mad if you're a Tennessee fan. This should have been what happened first, not Greg Schiano, right? hundred percent. And it made it worse when the Schiano thing happened. The backlash happened. Curry caved to the backlash. Curry also, as you you and I both know for a fact, doesn't have the greatest reputation with other coaches in the Big Twelve, where he's trying to hire Mike Gundy. And it just looks bad. Like, who's going to go there if you have options when it's so very clear that the athletic department does not have your back all the time? I mean, that, I mean, even if it's not clear, that's what the optics are. Um, that's what it looks like from afar. Uh, Curry's botched the search. I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that anybody will argue with that. And it's going to be mighty, mighty interesting to see where he goes from here. I mean, he's had a, you want to talk about a guy that's had a bad week. You know, he had a whole wrestling crowd on Monday night chanting "Fire Curry" at Monday Night Raw which I thought people were joking about when I woke up to tweets because I hadn't watched it yet. Uh, and then I turned on my DVR and sure enough, it bled right through the, to the TV broadcast. And now he's been shut down by Mike Gundy. The whole fan base hates him. If anybody's earned a drink, it's John Curry. Yeah. It, unfortunately, you know, we could make all types of jokes we want about, oh, everyone's got jokes to make about Vols, Twitter and stuff like that. They are a passionate fan base. They get on us all the time, especially me. They, <laughs> they really, especially that they really hate me, and that's that's fine because guess what? When you're a fan base, you kind of have that you know world is against us mentality, and I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, but this is just it's terrible, and it's a bad look. You're you're supposed to essentially be a college football blue blood, and where whether what level you want to put them on. If all things are relatively even when it comes to these jobs, Tennessee is a top 10 job. But right now, it's not even close to a top 10 job. And that's because of the this, the team is in disarray. I don't think there's a lot of talent there. So whoever you hire, and people can say, oh, what do you rank the players? Why? Well, the players clearly have not been developed. Uh, you know, people are on me right now about Orlando Brown. You should have ranked Orlando Brown higher. If Orlando Brown went to Tennessee, he would not be good. Okay. <laughs> he, because. Show me, a, show me the players that they developed under that coaching staff. I mean, there were guys like Drew Richmond. Drew Richmond was a little bit of a project. He was ranked as a five-star because of his ceiling, right? Because you expect he's going to go to the school. They're going to whip him into shape. And guess what? The kid's six foot six. He was a basketball player. He's super athletic. And he was dominating kids his own age. Well, now he's not because those kids have gone past him. Um and that's a player development issue. Orlando Brown was one of the biggest projects ever. Some teams thought they could do it. Like I said, if he would have went to Tennessee, I just can't imagine it happening because we've seen so many talented players go in there and guys that needed a little bit of work and struggle. I mean, Trey Smith has been a great success story, but do we really think Trey Smith has gotten better? Trey Smith came in and was good. Same with Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett was good from day one. The players that are good for day one, they've been able to maintain and, and and be good and go to the NFL like Barnett. But the other guys, I mean, you're not having a ton of projects develop. And so it's a tough situation now because of that lack of talent. Gundy this, just tweeted cowboy for life with an exclamation point. Oh, jeez. Boy, you really got to rub it into him. Uh, that's exactly what happened. I think he just played. Did he get a raise? Is he going to get another? No, he's going to get a raise. He was offered $7 million a year. He's getting a raise for sure. That's that's what I keep telling. People keep calling me, by the way, asking me, telling me rumors. I'm telling, I told them. I said, Tennessee's not going to get any of these guys. They're going to have to. And that's why I sort of I wouldn't say I've been advocating, but I just sort of laid out a case for T. Martin on Twitter. That's the that's kind where of guy they have you, to go. 
right? right. That, that's, that's the hire. But I've got – he didn't even get the Georgia Southern job. Well, guess what? This isn't the Georgia Southern job. Here's what you do. You hire T. Martin and you take Phil Fulmer and what do you do? You make him the associate head coach. And he doesn't even have to be a coordinator. And his whole job is to help T, a player he recruited, someone he's still close with. It, 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 you, he, he weans him into the job. And T. Martin, let me tell you something. If they hired T. Martin, he would clean up in recruiting. And it wouldn't even be a discussion. They would get every player in the state of Tennessee that they wanted every year. They would get multiple players out of Atlanta because T. was a high school coach here. They could go out to California and get players, and guess what? They could reach up into to the north a little bit because he was at Ohio, he was at uh, Kentucky and recruited Ohio. So, and he's from Alabama. So, what else do you what else do you want? So, so the other names out there, then the other two names out there are the Purdue coach, uh, Brome, and then Brom, the, uh, yeah. and then the uh, the De- Je- uh, Doran at NC State, which. You know, I think, I mean, I was going to say you'd have to get pretty far down the list to, to give him a call right now, I think. But, you know, we are pretty far down the list, I think. I think uh, this is. Well, but <laughs> this is where they were last time. We're in Butch Jones territory. You're right. They should just, you know, Brom, I'm sure, is a great coach. But just at this point, take the safe thing. Save some more embarrassment just in case you get turned down here and just. You know, go. I know he's not inexperienced, but at least, you know, he wants to be there. Right. And, and at this point, I, I don't think that Tennessee can be picky. Although Arizona State's out here interviewing Herm Edwards, so I don't know. <laughs> All right, so that's your. We luckily we got that live local and late breaking, so we didn't spend too much time uh, harping on Gundy. But guys, we love. I love Mike Gundy. Rob and I continuously quote Mike Gundy on a regular basis. Uh, what I don't love, and I love Gundy, but if he would have went to Tennessee, do you realize how much more over mullet heard the crappy mullet jokes yeah. that are like people were making mullet jokes and like the late 90s right and here we are now because it's a football coach with a mullet it's funny it's not funny anymore well did you see all the tweets well they offered him the job now he's got a mullet over (laughs) i sometimes wish i wasn't the way i am i'm telling you i really do i wish that i could like laugh at things and not be cynical i used to be like that in high school i used to say man i would i would just look around at people and be like i would be so much happier if i were dumber um but (laughs) i'm not dumber I can't believe he, I cannot believe he tweeted Cowboy for Life with an exclamation point like five minutes after that report came out. It's like he called McMurphy, told him, and then skipped over to the keyboard and fired off an exclamation point tweet. I, that was really impressive. Yeah, boy, that shot's fired. All right. So that's your that's your Tennessee update for this week. We'll have another one next week, I'm sure. But guess what? They have got to get a coach because time is ticking. We are, and, that, and that's what we wanted to, we'll touch on that as we go through these other ones. The dead period is starting less than three weeks now. We're, we're basically two and a half weeks away from a time where uh, colleges cannot contact uh, the student athletes as they head into that early signing period, which has been a total, utter disaster. It was a horrible idea. And I think coaches are going to definitely push back against it this offseason. Before we move into Matt Luke and all this, do you want to do what we did last week at this time where we try to guess what the next insane thing that happens in the Tennessee coaching search is? What was your guess last week? I guess the car dealership would get involved and that did not happen. I should have guessed wrestling crowd booze John Curry. I don't know why I didn't why I didn't guess that. <laughs> yeah, I think, Rob, uh, you are working on a column, which by the time people hear this will be published, ranking the most uh, – which you might – do you have to update it now with Gundy's tweet? Yeah, I might have to put that on there. Yeah, the most insane thing that's happened in this coaching search. Uh, so they I shot- still think I, I, I okay, and I you know I might need to update somehow. Clay Travis made 
like Jason Witten a candidate for this job for a second or something. I, I don't really know exactly what happened there. My guess for the week ahead, my guess for the week ahead is that I think I think we'll get more politician tweets. Like I think the mayor is going to try to hijack this search. I, th- I think either the mayor or another assemblyman or some kind of like local congressperson. I think we'll see them insert themselves into this. Well, how about your girl Sarah Huckabee Sanders spelling Tennessee wrong while she she My jumped girl. in on the news? Right, you saw she jumped in on it. I saw it right, and then she tried to make it. Yeah, God, I just want to die. <laughs> big shout. Sarah's probably a big fan of the show. So uh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> huge ratings, tremendous ratings we've had on this podcast. Uh, all right, moving on. Ole Miss hires Matt Luke, uh, the interim coach. He played there. I believe his son's on the team. I think his dad played on the team. Uh, he's been all he's been all about that program. My question to you is, I think we saw the recruits were happy, the players were happy. They've been recruiting despite the the issues they've had. <sighs> What what do we think? This is a safe move, and do we think this is sort of a uh, sign of things to come in terms of the NCAA maybe giving them some some more sanctions, and maybe they just say, "Look, let's write it out with Luke. He's an he's an Ole Miss guy, and and uh, he can you know keep it together while we go through all this." It does kind of feel like a sacrificial lamb, doesn't he? Like yeah. it almost seems like it was like let's just not even do a search. Let's just let this guy weather the storm for us and see how he does because we're not going to get anybody to come here. I think they knew that as far as, I mean, who are they going to hire with this thing like looming overhead? You can't convince any proven coach to come here. Uh, they know Luke wants to be there. They know he's an old Miss guy. They know that, you know, he will, you know, he has no other choice but to try to coach through whatever, you know, whatever the tomorrow holds. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. Well, the frustrating thing, and I, we, you and I have both been on Neil's podcast over at uh, Rebel Grove. He does a ton of uh, excellent podcasts, radio, high quality. Uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan, check those out. Of course, if you listen to this, I'm sure you listen to those. Um, it's just the thing that hurts more than anything with these investigations is the uncertainty. And it's like I told Neil, I was like, when are we going to get a resolution here? I mean, at some point, geez. And he said, coming up. So I think they'll know soon. And once they know, then you can sort of you have the path to, uh, you know, to to a new situation. We saw um, when Ohio State had this situation, they kept an interim coach the whole year before they hired Urban Meyer. And even when Urban came, I think they were ineligible, right, that that one year for, for a bowl game. So once you know what the punishments are, I think it's easier to move forward with a coach. And who knows? I mean, Luke did do a good job. Shea Patterson got injured and uh, Jordan Tayamu, I think Blink is, is his last name. He came in. I love that kid. He's a great quarterback. The, the problem is if they get another year of bowl ban, I think they're going to lose some players to transfer. And uh, that's going to make it tough if, if guys decide to leave. We saw that at Penn State and, and uh, some other places. So, But don't you think he can still keep some of these Mississippi kids home with the promise that you know, hey, we're gonna, we're not gonna be under sanctions the whole time you're here. I mean, maybe a year, it won't be yeah, back, right? I've I've always said, and I still believe this, that when all things are equal, the kids in Mississippi want to go to Ole Miss. All things haven't been equal for a while, but I think that when they don't have this stuff coming on, the problem is, doesn't it seem a little like cruel and unusual at this point? I know it's kind of in vogue to kick the NCAA, and it's easy, and I like to make fun of people that blame everything on the NCAA, but. There should be some kind of thing binding them to make a decision in a in in some kind of like speedy manner, right? I mean, you have you can't just string them along, especially towards signing day, with maybe we will or maybe we won't drop the hammer on you. I, it, it, I don't know. It seems I don't. Know. It seems like 
it just doesn't seem fair, I guess. Not that the NCAA is always fair, but this is worse. I mean, if you're going to do something, do it. And I don't think that, I mean, this hurts worse than whatever punishment they're going to give them uh, just by not saying anything. Right. And that's what happened to Miami too, when they went through all their stuff and even North Carolina to a lesser degree. So it's frustrating, but uh, what can you do? And guess what? We don't have any friends working in the old NCAA enforcement office anymore, so we can fire all the shots we want, right? Uh, yeah, our one friend is gone. And now, he, now he's working. Yeah, he a, works for a college, right? Recruiting. Yeah. Pr- probably breaking the very I rules. Mean, he <laughs> I believe he immediately broke the rules uh, upon getting that job and started asking us. <laughs> yeah, we, should, like, we shouldn't be saying this much, though, because I don't think it would be very hard for people to figure out who we're discussing. <laughs> All right, moving on. Topic number three, Dan Mullen to the Florida Gators. Boy, it felt like that happened a year ago. It was like three days ago, right? Or two days ago. Yeah, no, it happened on Sunday. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Obviously, we saw what happened. They didn't get Chip Kelly. They blew They blew the Chip Kelly thing. I think we can both agree that by not – they had a head start. They didn't get the deal. But unlike Tennessee, they moved on quickly. I think they kicked the tires on Scott Frost. He told them, you know, basically he, he wasn't interested in not so many words, I think, because of the timing with, with everything that's going on at UCF. And they ended up moving on and they hired Dan Mullen. And they moved on Dan Mullen quickly. I mean, Dan Mullen was on the plane, had his Twitter bio changed. I mean, it was Twitter. Yeah. It was Twitter official in a hurry. And I like on the high. recruitment Jordans already. I've seen recruits tweeting pictures of him. Boy, yes. Guess what? I think uh, the Yeezys, the Yeezys, and the NMDs he was wearing had a little more cachet than than some of the Jordans uh, right now, at least in, in today's current climate. He can't but, wear the Yeezys anymore. I know too. he's not at Nike school now, so I'm sure I get those from him. Yeah, <laughs> Dan, if you got any of those, you know, size 12, 12 and a half, Robin, I'll take them off your hands. He's been on the pod before. I mean, we get him back on now that he's in Florida. Yeah, you know, what? I bet he will come on, and that was going to be one of my points. I like Jim McElwain. He was a great guy. You know, address me by name like a like I'm a human instead of just a scumbag like uh, <laughs> certain other coaches in the SEC West, <laughs> not to name names uh, in the Bayou area. <laughs> um, treated me like a human, he, and especially consider I dealt with Urban Meyer when he was at Florida. And I remember one time we went to an event where we had to interview him, and he made us stand ten feet away with a deputy in between us before we could ask questions. Yeah, that um, seems rare. I never met Urban. Yeah, boy, he was a pain in the tuckus. Um, yeah, Dan's friend of the podcast, so at least we've got a friendly face in Gainesville now. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, you know, big so big shout to Dan. I think it's a good hire. The Gators fans do listen to this podcast. So considering everything that went down, and it, it, it may turn out to be a better fit than Chip Kelly. I think Chip, you know, and his sort of, you know, smart aleck behavior, you and I think it's funny and we enjoy it, especially when he's being a non-football coach. But Dan Mullen's Southern, he's been at Florida, he knows what it takes, he's won there. As I wrote in my article, he's developed quarterbacks from Alex Smith to Tim Tebow uh, to uh, Dak Prescott. That's the guy you, That's the guy you want, right? I mean, I think it seems like a perfect fit to me. I mean, they get a broken offense with a broken quarterback, so they hire a guy that's proven offense with proven that he can develop quarterbacks, that's won in the SEC at some level, that's won at Florida at some level – that knows how to recruit in the state. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but there's something to be said. Recruiting in Florida is not like recruiting anywhere else. It's, <laughs> it, it takes, there's a learning curve because the high school coaches don't have anything to do with anything here. Uh, and I think even football coaches that come here and don't have any experience in the state don't know that. So they probably call up Johnny high school coach at Ocala high school or whatever. 
uh, and expect them to help and they just shrug their shoulders and you don't know the right people to talk to. You can't recruit the state. Dan Mullen knows the right people to talk to. Yeah, that'll happen oftentimes when people from from the uh, one of our college publishers or something in the in the Midwest will be like, hey, do you have, you know, so-and-so's high school coach's number? And I was like, well, what do you want it for? <laughs> oh, just call to check in on his recruitment. I was like, nah, call Call this guy from around the way. He'll tell you. And they're like, who is he? I'm like, don't worry about that. Yeah, he just, just he's just call, a guy that knows things. Just call him and tell, t- tell him that I told you to call. That'll be the uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. tell, tell him Rob will just go, oh, Rob. Uh, <laughs> so, excuse me. What do you do, sir? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a I tough some guys. That's a tough question to answer. So, But here's why I like Mullen. You, you mentioned he's already out recruiting. He can recruit Florida. He can recruit Georgia. They they had almost abandoned recruiting Georgia in recent years, uh, especially up in the Atlanta area. So they get some back in there. He can recruit Alabama, which uh, McElwain did a great job of. I think you know they got some some contributing players out of the state of Alabama. A lot of their exciting guys were guys that Alabama and Auburn passed on, like uh, your boy, the running back P. Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony, same same type of guy. He can try to get into Mississippi with his contacts there, and he can recruit Louisiana. He's always been good at recruiting Louisiana. That's where Dak Prescott's from, and they've been able to recruit Texas. So guess what? You now have a guy that can cast a wide net. He's going to have he, – I saw he's hired a couple of his coaches already. I think he's going to probably change his staff up a little bit. From a recruiting perspective, uh, I think it's big. I think it's good. I think he's going to improve the offense, and you know, they still got a, a great defense. I don't think you know there needs to be a – ton of changes there obviously they're going to change some of the the, the coaches but they have the personnel regardless to win so we give you that still one have back. our boy chauncey gardner on snapchat <laughs> yeah what did he what did he, he have was to rapping say about, about dan mullen this afternoon <laughs> Dude, too bad we couldn't uh record that so we could put it in the uh recruit oh, rap it may still be on his story let me let me yeah. take a look here you just you just vamp for a second let me okay see. All right, sure it's not pg either <laughs> Chauncey's known for uh, sending Rob and I shirtless <laughs> constantly. <laughs> uh, it's not on his story anymore. I deleted it. <laughs> so uh, if you want shirtless Snapchats of uh, teens, or maybe Chauncey might be 20 now. I think uh, he probably so. is. <laughs> Those are, him and Tyreek. Tyreek is known for uh, – Tyreek Johnson also known for doing the same thing. So uh, moving Does on. Does Chauncey not own shirts? Is that what the deal is? Like I don't know. I guess when you got his jersey, that the only shirt that I can confirm that he owns is his Florida football jersey. Well, as as uh, well, I'm not going to say it. I was going to make a joke about one of our coworkers. I will not. I will not make said joke. All right, moving on. Texas A&M. Their job is open, available. It seems like it's shaping up for Jimbo Fisher or bust here, Rob. I mean, we've had people telling us. How long? How long have people been telling us that it was going to be Jimbo for the job? A, a month. It's been about a month, and. To be fair, and I should apologize to the person if he is listening to this that first told me that and I laughed in his face. Uh, so now that it's looking a little bit more real, I feel a little bit sheepish. Well, we should have reported it. Source. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Source. Uh, some guy tells us news. Because <laughs> we, we were both told it was a possibility, and I had heard it from a couple other people as well. But sometimes it's a, you know, a rumor picks up. like It's just like the telephone game. I think there's legitimate interest there on Jimbo's side, and I think it has to do with maybe the way he's been treated this past year. Uh, we, I know one of uh, the friends of the show I talked to, it's a Florida State fan, was like, well, if he can't handle it, he can take another job. And I was like, well, <laughs> then he will. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll get paid has. a ton of money to do so. <laughs> and he'll go live in Texas where uh, you know he has ties. So 
bottom line, Rob, do you think he's going to take the job? I, I'm going to say no, I don't. Um, but, you know, I read something somebody wrote today. Maybe he's gone down too far down the road. Maybe he started wanting to maybe parlay this into – something at Florida state. And now it's, it's kind of gotten away from him. They always said, my dad used to tell me, if you're going to threaten and ask for a raise and say, you have another offer and threaten to leave that job, you better be ready to actually leave that job. Uh, maybe he wasn't, and <laughs> maybe he now is, uh, I'm going to say no, because it just, the logic of it seems insane to me. And I'm sure if there are A&M fans listening to this, they'll threaten me for saying that the Florida state job is much better, but it is all things equal. Now there are extenuating circumstances here where Jimbo may want to get out of Tallahassee, get away, get a fresh start where there aren't fans breathing down his neck for having a bad year. Maybe he thinks it's all falling apart. Uh, but you know, when all things are equal on the surface, this seems crazy to me, but you know, like I said, it also seemed crazy to me that a wrestling crowd was booing an athletic director this week. So who knows? <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. I think, I think ultimately he ends up staying, um, it just because it's hard to walk away from a program like that in that situation. But like you said, there are other forces at play and maybe he leaves. And if he, guess what? If he leaves, it's a great hire for, for Texas A&M. So I'll, I will say that my question to you is if they don't get Jimbo, uh, who do they hire? I mean, is there even anybody in mind that you and think Greg, would be? Greg Schiano is available. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a good fit. I heard actually them talking about uh, Gary Kubiak, who I was shocked is not an NFL coach currently. I thought he was. I thought he was. Um, What's our? We need Nick on the podcast this week. What's our bro's name at SMU that everybody's enamored with? Chad Morris. That, why isn't that a good hire? Well, I and you know, I heard some people talking about that, including the aforementioned Bruce Feldman, and you know he made a good point. I think he's like fifteen and twenty-one at SMU. They're seven and five this year. That's that would make me a little nervous. Um, but you know, miles comma less. Hey, <laughs> I could see it. He's had success winning. He'd be able to recruit Louisiana. He's, he's won in the SEC West. I think it's a tough job right now just because of those expectations. I mean, you're talking, you're not talking about a team that's won a ton of, you know, national championships and the athletic directors, let it be known, you know, we want to win big here. And it's seeping into all these schools. They expect to win a national championship every year. It's tough. I thought Kevin Sumlin did a good job. I think the situation was toxic and they were, it was fine for them to fire him, but you know, come on, man. I, I concur. It's you and I have always long kind of been on the same page that people not necessarily fans. Cause I understand fans getting fired up and wanting change and wanting to win but you know our colleagues that you know fire this guy fire that guy is he on the hot seat he should be on the hot seat it's like, come on. <laughs> what are we doing a lot of hot seats uh including rob and i have an internal rivals.com hot seat uh, uh which uh yeah, i might be hot. on it by the end of this podcast <laughs> yeah you're you're headed that way well guess what you already tipped your your hand about asking for a raise this year so uh you better, you better have some backup plans lined yeah, up. Like I say, I got to be ready to leave this job. <laughs> well, you know what? Your dad told you that. My dad's main advice to me was be a man. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a little bit problematic in 2017, but I understand the, uh, I understand the point. There's a lot of home videos of my dad telling me to be a man and five-year-old me saying, I don't want to be a man. <laughs> so, hey, guess what? I wasn't a man. I'm a kid. There you go. Come on, Dad. So uh, anyway, moving on. Other job roundup. We're going to talk real quick about some of these other jobs. Arizona State. You mentioned Herm Edwards' name being thrown out there. What you know? 
you play to win the games. Herm, of course, you know, allegedly coached Deshaun Watson in the Under Armour game, despite Deshaun not playing in the game. Uh, that was on the cutting room floor of an episode of the podcast. Um, My favorite Herm story, before we dive into this real quick, I don't know if you were there this year or not. We were all at the Under Armour game, and he had just been fired from the Kansas City Chiefs. And we were all in a workroom. And this was endearing. I'm not making fun of him at all. He comes busting into the room in Herm style, you know, going a million miles an hour. And he just looks around at all of us at our laptops. I'd never met him before. He looks right at me. He looks at the other people in the room. He's like, are you guys reporters? And everybody's like, yeah. He's like, you guys get people fired. (laughs) Turned around and walked out of the room. All right. He's right. Guess what? <laughs> yeah, he is right. Um, I believe there was a story where Keenan uh, was with him in the gym at uh, at Under Armour as well. Herm's known for going in there, working out at 5 a.m. Yeah, so, in the morning, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, I wish uh, wish I had that type of discipline. I barely made it to the gym this morning, and then I, because I was so late, I didn't even get like a quarter of a workout in before I had to leave to come listen to Mike Farrell burp into the phone for eight hours. Yeah, we get another long rankings call tomorrow. Guess what? Yesterday, as you hear this, if you've ever watched Rick and Morty, that's Mike Farrell. Sometimes in those rankings, he drinks. Is that what you were getting at this morning when you asked the call if anybody's ever seen Rick and Morty? No, I asked that because of that. There was a kid whose name was like Misi or whatever, and there's an episode where you know there's a character that's I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. Uh, I've never seen it. Very, very catchy. So uh, anyway, we we both think someone's going to Arizona State, right? Yeah, I okay. Why Herman Kevin Sumlin is the higher. He's a proven like he can win at the level that Arizona State wants to win at. When I was living in Arizona and covering that region of the country, he was constantly stealing the best players from Arizona anyway. I mean, he took Christian Kirk, he took Kyle Allen. He can recruit Arizona, he can recruit Texas, he's young, he's proven. What do they want with Herm Edwards? What what does Herm Edwards bring to the table that Kevin Sumlin does not? I don't know. I felt like when you texted me about this earlier. I felt like Herm was kind of a leverage play to maybe get it's someone to be get someone it's down a little bit be. because that's not the guess. What I might go hire Dirk Cutter back from the NFL because he's probably going to get fired this year on Tampa Bay. Another another Bucks coach that we can get back into college football. <laughs> that's not uh, John Gruden. <laughs> yeah, it's not John Gruden. So uh, that's our take on that one. Interesting situation. I'm surprised that we haven't heard, and I, and I think you'll you hear his name. I think Mark Helfrich, the former Oregon coach, I would be shocked if he's not the next coach at UCF. But I am surprised we don't hear his name in conjunction with some of these other Pac-12 jobs, considering he took a team to the national championship, even if you could say, oh, they're Chip Kelly's players. I mean, he still coached the team that you know went to the national championship, blew out Florida State in the Rose Bowl. So uh, I think that's a name to watch there maybe. Oregon State, another – bizarre thing dennis erickson their ex-coach uh who's now i believe 70 uh he's kind of been out of it he would think he was a utah offensive coordinator a couple of years ago he's bounced around jobs since uh he got fired from from arizona state himself what's your take on that one rob give me the third i want the third coming of riley comma mike I, there's just no way that's happening that would i mean you want to talk about your all-time storybook ending but i mean what does Dennis Erickson bring to the table that Mike Riley doesn't? Well, and the, the thing Guess I saw. What? We laugh about how kids don't know who John Gruden is. Dennis Erickson might as well be these kids' uncle, like three times removed or something. They're not going to have any idea who this person is. Okay. Well, he last coached in two, last year for Utah as like the running backs coach. So, yeah, you know, that, that glamorous position. <laughs> well, the, he was in. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's coached in a lot of places. Big shout to to our boy Dennis. He he, he went from Oregon State to the San Francisco 49ers, which, boy, they've made some bad coach hires over the year. He, he was there for two years. He then went to Idaho for one year, and then he was back at coaching at Arizona State. So, well, you know, you know, if I know any of these recruits, like I think I know them, you know, they're all going to be lining up to play for. Did you hear that the old Utah running backs coach has taken over Oregon State? <laughs> no, he, co- on board. he coached Miami in 1989. <laughs> 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 I hope Dennis doesn't listen to this. Well, listen, Dennis started coaching in 1969, and I saw John Canzano, the columnist from the Oregonian, say, hey, you know, Pete Carroll's 66. Well, you know, guess what? So is George O'Leary's like 67, but we're not hiring him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, John. The, the, the plan I saw that John actually wrote was Dennis wants the job, and he wants to then hire – the Washington offensive coordinator, Jonathan Smith, who played quarterback at Oregon State is like a coach in waiting situation to where then he can groom him. But it's the same situation as Tennessee for me. If you're gonna hire if you're gonna do that, just hire Jonathan Smith as the coach and make Erickson the assistant coach, right? Yeah. What what is the point? If they're still gonna be there anyway, in, in offices in the same building, what does it matter who has the title of head coach? Right, exactly. So I personally think Bo Baldwin, the Cal offensive coordinator, former Eastern Washington head coach, is a good candidate, mainly because I already wrote an article uh, assuming he was <laughs> he was hired because it was reported last week that they had a deal in place. So uh, don't don't let those words go to waste. Nick had Nick wrote several thousand words on Cliff Kingsbury being fired at uh, Texas A and M, only for him to win and keep his job. So you never bet against anybody that looks like a male model career. Yeah, way to go, Nick. Well, he might not even listen to this because I think we're not, we're going to do the express uh, bare bones version, uh, so we don't have to worry about his house guests uh, interrupting the editing process. All right, real quick, moving on. That's it. Wrapping up. Uh, tweet of the week. Like I said, we don't have any music. Oh, I, I see Clay, something slash Clay Travis on here. Ah, uh, yes, I did that for I that. I cannot on just wait. For, I cannot wait for that. So, number one tweet came from Caleb Rosar, a former three star defensive back, now on North Carolina, and he tweeted. He tweeted this on Thanksgiving. I hate social media on holidays, <laughs> which based on the amount of tweets you shared with me on Thanksgiving morning while you were cooking a turkey, I'd say you agree with Caleb, right? Uh, yeah, no, I do. I hate social media, period, I think. Um, but, you know, I am. I am. I, I can't. You know, I wish I could put it down. I really do. I complain that I hate Twitter, but yet I, you know, I'm looking at it constantly. It's hard not to. It's the way it's constantly refreshing. I'm constantly refreshing it over and over again. Um, okay, so the Clay Travis tweeting question was, J.R. Lind uh, tweeted this uh, comment. He's a generalist as his job. He's verified on Twitter. What does that mean exactly, Rob? Do you know what a generalist is? Uh, no, I don't. He's followed by AP Stylist, so maybe he's like a columnist. Um Anyway, he tweeted, did Greg Schiano buy dinner for the entire Football Writers Association of America or something? It's really okay not to want somebody from that era of Penn State around your program, not to, not, no matter their level of complicity. So he, he was getting in on the Tennessee action with the, with the uh, allegations, which I believe, you know, Dan, speaking of Dan Wetzel did an in-depth look at that if you want to check that out. Now, our boy Clay retweets it and says, amen. Simple truth is this. Most media defend the guys who leaked them info. That way they keep getting leaked info, particularly true in college football. So Okay, Clay, Clay's right as much as I hate Clay. Right. That's, that's the correct tweet. Right. Uh, let me see what I can chastise him about. 
Who uses the word amen in that context? <laughs> if we're nitpicking, if I can find something to hate about this tweet, I will. He is right, though. Uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and it's true. And it's uh, it's transparent now at this point. I mean, it used to not be that way, especially in the newspaper era. But, you know, it's like in the NBA. Everything comes from agents. And it's the same with these college searches. I mean, they defend the coaches that are – as Rob's always said, you can get a long way in this business by just being nice to people. And uh, I think that's what's happened with him. And last but not least, guess what? I wanted Nick to be on the show when I read this tweet. He is MIA. But the alma mater of both myself and M. Deuce, as mentioned earlier, Cottage Grove High School, Oregon State Class 4A champions. Cottage Grove defeats Marshfield 48-14. to Perfect season. Complete their perfect season and win the first football title in school history. Wow. Take that for data. Yeah, what kind of loser were you that you can win a title when you were there? Win a title? We couldn't win a game. What are you talking about? If we would have played Marshfield, well, guess what? I would have been playing because they would have been winning by seventy points, <laughs> and I would have been, yeah, I would have been in the game getting smashed by people when I was like fourteen. Uh, I guess the populations have evened out over the years. Hey, eh? Marshfield used to be a big hotshot school, not so much anymore. God, you just really, you just really dunked on the Marshfield athletic director. If he's listening to this. Take show. that, Marshfield. Take that. Hey, Mark Helfrich, we mentioned we mentioned you earlier. I tweeted at Mark, who's a Marshfield grad, trying to get a bet going on this game, and he ducked me. Can't duck me now. He must have known uh, they were in for a beat him down situation. So, big shout out to the Cottage Grove Lions on uh, winning that uh, championship. And as Nick and I often say, uh, CGHS, the best. <laughs> that was my high school's go-to chant. How's that for a horrible, horrible chant? It's pretty bad. Oh, man. So anyway, moving on. Time for rants and recommendations. You have nothing on the sheet this week, Rob. So you got, do you have anything? I don't. Uh, I have been. I have not had a waking moment to do anything. I have nothing to recommend except for take care of yourself and don't work 24 hours a day and don't tie your job to Dan Mullen getting hired or fake rumors about Tennessee or whatever. Speaking of which, you've got at least one more Dan Mullen story. The top top five most important recruits for Dan Mullen in his first cycle. That sounds like I just came up with a story idea for you, Rob. That's- yeah, I'll get right on that as soon as we finish this podcast and not sleep. I'll just rail up 13 lines of cocaine and stay up writing all night. Yeah, that sounds like a, that sounds like a plan. I, I will be uh, I'll be waiting to read that one. I do have a rant. Guess what? And it's a it's a throwback rant. Here we are. It's the holiday season, which is, by the way, that's the worst Christmas song. <laughs> that's the worst Christmas song ever. It's like, so whoop dee doo, a dippity dop. It's like, yeah, come up with really some bad. song lyrics, dude. We've got some like uh, Latin ones down here uh, that I'm starting to learn in my fourth, third, almost fourth year of living here. You start to hear them like when the season comes. So there's like a whole new genre of Christmas music I've discovered since moving to Miami. Yeah, a lot of covers of Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, what is it? It's called Mi Brito Sabinero. It's uh, it's called like uh, my, <laughs> a boy and his donkey, and it's a song about a boy taking his donkey to Bethlehem to see uh, the baby Jesus. Well, see, that's good because you know, obviously, down there, uh, La Buena Noche is a big deal Christmas Eve. So, uh, you know, that is a big part you don't hear you don't hear enough about. Uh, I like that tradition. So, anyway, it's Christmas time coming up, holiday season. 
uh, in Adam Friedman's case. Even though he was telling us when we couldn't couldn't put up Christmas decorations today on the call, typical Officer Friedman fashion, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Christmas police. Sir, you're going to need to take down those decorations, okay? Sir, do you know what date it is? Yeah, it's not December uh, yeah, 1st. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's December 6th. Uh, sir, you should know that, that, that <laughs> according to protocol, you cannot have a Christmas tree up at this time of year. So anyway, I believe Adam does uh, celebrate Christmas uh, as as him and I have gone Christmas shopping at the Spartanburg Mall during the Shrine Bowl before. <laughs> Talk about a sad yeah, state a of affairs. Glamorous life here. So there are members of my uh, family, extended family or whatever, who definitely listen to this podcast, who insist on sending out a list of the gifts they want for Christmas. Or having a significant other send out said gifts. And guess what? I have a policy, Rob. I enacted it two years ago. If you send me a list, that's it. You get no presents. <laughs> that's, this does not surprise me. So guess what? You want no presents from me? Send me a list with links. I saw somebody, uh, uh, a friend of mine, send me a Snapchat of a spreadsheet, which was a shared Google Doc among a family about what to buy each person. I mean, at that point... He, What's the what's the point? We're just trading. We're, we're essentially just you know trading money. Why don't we all just hand each other fifty dollars bills and walk out, right? Or a gift card, yeah. Because no, I don't like that either. I'm with you here. It's it, it seems to spoil kind of the the surprise of the season. Well, it, it, here's the thing. I'm I fancy myself to be a very good gift giver, and I get hit up by several relatives. What should I get this person? What should I get this person? What so I basically do all the shopping for everyone. Not to humble brag. But I think it started with Santa. The reason you write a list to Santa is so your parents know what to buy you because they don't want to spend their hard-earned money on the wrong present. Because, I mean, we've all had it before where it's like, oh, I really want a PlayStation. And then you get a Sega Genesis or something. You know, my my uh, family members used to, used to be big on buying me, like, jerseys from the clearance rack of players who are no longer on the team. <laughs> Which, oh man, this Patrick Ewing Supersonics jersey is awesome. <laughs> right, I always feel bad when I see like, you know, because I I happen to uh, you know many discount stores is where you can find me, and whenever wherever there's a clearance rack to be found, I'm crawling around on the floor looking for discounts, and I'll see a mom pick up an Atlanta Hawks jersey, and it's a it's still it's the new style. It's not even like an, a throwback or anything, and it's a player, you know, like friend of the show Mike Scott, who who's no longer on the team. And you think you're getting an $80 jersey for $15, but then you give it to the kid and he's like, well, this kid's not on the team anymore. And so that's what happened. Oh, boy. We we, we got more breaking news, Rob. Uh, who's been hired? The Penn State offensive coordinator takes the job at Mississippi State. Wow. Joe Moorhead. I thought that was going to be Venables. Well, no, it was supposed to be uh, not friend of the show, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, so guess what? Our boy Brett McMurphy just killing it. Joe Moorhead to be the next head coach at Mississippi State. I don't know very much about him. But what but I, I do think from interesting is what if, if Jimbo does do this and what if Florida State starts looking at James Franklin? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. But the people who listen to this part of the show do not want us to hear us talk about football. So – We'll talk so about that Christmas. next week. Oh, no, Christmas list. Excuse me. Christmas list. Bottom line is, just hint. What happened to hinting? Like, hey, Rob, you know, I'd really like it if you could get me a 
you know, new car. <laughs> or not even if you could get me. Just like be watching TV with somebody and be like, you know what? I really like that uh, that thing. Right. Exactly. That's what I and do. Hopefully, and if your friends aren't heartless losers, they'll they'll go buy it for you. Right. I, you know, I've been known to buy you know uh, you gifts here and there, Nick gifts here and there, just out of the kindness of my heart. Not because, not because I'm like, oh. Rob told me he wanted this T-shirt. No, I buy it because I feel like it's something you'd want, and that's why I do it. So, no more lists. Yeah, we're gonna have a real heart to heart. The first like ever nice like heart to heart moment. I want to thank you for that. By the way, you are very good at that. I, you, you are a good gift giver. Right, thank you. But like I said, it's not. And I rarely do anything without wanting something in return <laughs> in any aspect of my life. But if I see something that I like, I will buy it for someone, and that's. You know, even my family, even my family in Greece. I once I bought a bought a pair of shoes because I, I saw it was on a you know a clearance on Twitter, and I was like, man, he'd really like these shoes. And I bought them and shipped them to Greece. And guess what? He was like, nobody here has these shoes. These are the best shoes. You know, thank you, my friend, as he often says. Big shout <laughs> to, to, to did uh, he say, did he say these are the best shoes? Like that's a quote from him. Uh, maybe yes. They do not have these in Greece. <laughs> You're his very voice, good at that. His voice is a little more raspy. A, a lot of my uh, Greek accents come from uh, intellectuals, and our boy uh, Zav, as they call him, Zav is not. Uh, you know, he's a working man, man of the people. So, big shout to you, uh, Zav, as, as he barely understands English. I guarantee he's not listening to the podcast. No, he is. He's really confused. <laughs> and then, last but not least, yeah. Well, he knows all about socialism. Believe me. Last, uh, last but not least. It's Christmas tree season once again. Please, Rob, I implore you to go buy a real tree. Do not buy a fake tree. I know. As somebody, I know, trust me, for you, because you're such a good gift giver and because I'm feeling sentimental all of a sudden. As a man that grew up on a Christmas tree farm, as yourself, I will uh, I, I will buy a Christmas tree, a real one, to keep keep your kind in business. Well, and, and guess what? You know, people, the smell of real... I've, I saw somebody on, on, on a social media feed of mine... Be, advertising being like, Hey, you should buy this. It smells like a real tree. So at this point you're now buying a fake tree. Then you're what spraying a thing on it to smell real, just buy a real tree. And it's better for the environment. Number one, look it up, Google it. Number two, there are farmers. It's just like, you know, Hey, buy local, you know, as a, we had this discussion on this podcast last year at this very time. I know. I think we've done it every year and I do it on every form of social media. I'm just saying, Make it happen. Do it for me. Do it for old Morris, who used to take his Morris, who ran the tree farm where I lived, used to take his giant machinery. And this will roll into Woody's crazy story of the week. This is perfect to wrap up the show. So Morris used to, you know, there's a lot of land where I grew up. I mean, I grew up on hundreds of acres in the middle of nowhere, 13 miles from a town of 800 people. And I had a lot of Tonka trucks and I would be outside, you know, I would call it working. I thought I was working when I was playing as a kid. Like, I got work to do, you know. <laughs> sure. And Morris would take his giant machinery. And if I left my toys out in the wrong spot, he would purposely run them over. You are the way you are for so many different reasons. And okay. They all like slowly come out. So, so Morris would get me, get me good. Imagine, well, I'm a, I'm poor, man. I could, if I could show you this house, and it ain't well, how pretty. How old are you when this grown man is intentionally shredding your toys from ages three to ten? Jesus. So, yeah, he's a lunatic. It's, it's a, it's a wonder you're not even more messed up. Okay, so, well, guess what? Well, you'll find out that what happened to old Morris. 
You poisoned so, him? <laughs> I wish I had poisoned him. So Morris wants to run over my trucks, okay? And I followed the rules. They said, you know, he did it once or twice. And obviously, my parents weren't thrilled about it because, you know, they paid for said toys, even though they were just from the Goodwill. It's not like I got new Tonkas or anything like that. Um, but you know how hard it is to find a reliable used Tonka. You got to put the WD-40 in. Get it. Do so, I? Yeah, that's I don't. Stop <laughs> it. So I was following, I said, what do I need to do to make sure this doesn't happen? I thought I was following the rules. Morris runs over the trucks again. So you know what I say, Rob? I've had, I'm going to poison you? I've had enough, Morris. So I think I was six at the time because <laughs> my no, sister wait. was definitely alive. I went and took a wrench and I went around to all of Morris's equipment and smashed out the glass gauges. Oh, Jesus. Did Morris know it was you? Well, I was questioned heavily. We'll put it that way. And I stuck to my story and lied and said it wasn't me. But I went to every one. You know, this glass gauge is on like a $40,000 Caterpillar or whatever. That's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to smash my Tonka trucks. I'll smash his real trucks. Every single gauge, I broke the glass out. How do you like that, Morris? And I lied about it. <laughs> Hold on. So, but who do you even blame in a situation when you're living on basically an open Christmas tree farm? Well, there was always not that many you know, people around. You just blame your this, sister. This may surprise you. In the state of Oregon, there are various people roaming in and out of jobs and living spaces, and etc. So, you know, I think I blamed it on some. There was a lady who had a greenhouse on the property, and I think uh, you, you said know, you just pointed, blamed it on like a grifter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think I was a six-year-old lying. I think all the adults should be able to tell it was me. But because I didn't own up to it, even in the full, let's just say in the face of tremendous interrogation tactics from my uh, aforementioned father, they couldn't pin it on me because I didn't admit to it and there was no evidence. All right. So let's play a game before we let the people out of here and get off the show. What if the roles were reversed and Woody Womack was the adult and some six-year-old punk was smashing your trucks with a wrench? What would you have done to the six-year-olds? Well, like, I would have dug a hole with the thing and buried all the trucks in it when the kid was <laughs> okay. around. Uh, and I'd be like, where'd they go? And I'd be like, I don't know, man. You shouldn't have left them out. I told you not to leave them out anymore. So, all right. Before we get out of here, we got one more piece of late-breaking news. With Mike Gundy out of the picture, sources tell Football Scoop, which is hit or miss, that Tennessee plans to meet with Chad Morris tomorrow about their vacancy. Now, get this. If they miss on Chad Morris, they could turn to Tennessee or Auburn defensive coordinator Kevin Steele. We're really getting down the line now. They are Boy. just not going to talk to your boy. Well, guess what? They're making a lot of people mad. And I got news for you. Let them hire one of these random jabronis and see what happens. It's not going to pay. It's not going to work out well on the recruiting front, in my, in, in my opinion. I just think. It puts them in a it puts them in a real or puts them in a real tough spot if if people feel like people of influence to, with ties to the program and with ties to maybe recruits and stuff feel like you know they didn't give a fair shake to some guys. Not that I have I have nothing against Chad Morris. I think he's a good coach, um, and the same with Kevin Steele. But to say that T Martin doesn't have enough experience and then to hire Kevin Steele, I think would kind of be a a slap in the face to one of your all time you know, most important players. I mean, the guy won a national championship. If you're getting so far down the line, nothing against Kevin Steele, but if you're so far down the line at this point, you might as well hire George the Animal Steele. <laughs> well, here's here was my point I made on Twitter. Do I think that T. Martin should necessarily have the job? No. 
But you let it be known that you interviewed him and you're helping his career at that point. He's an alum. He played for you. He went to your school. Would it kill you to to have a, to have Brett McMurphy be like, T. Martin expected to interview for Tennessee job. And then even if you don't hire him, you can say, hey, you know, we, you know, T, we really we appreciate you. Maybe a few years down the road, blah, blah, blah. Things are different, you know? Yeah, what? absolutely. So I'm scrolling this page on college football scoop. And so the top of it is obviously that report about where Tennessee turns next. And I'm scrolling down and reading, you know, about Tennessee and Arkansas. And then the very last item on this page is Moore Park College is seeking an offensive coordinator slash QB coach. This position pays 12 to 15K per year. Please send your resume to Michael Stewart too at vccd.edu. We should do a segment on the podcast where I apply to be the quarterbacks coach at this juco and cali and see how far i can get into the, the interview process well here here's my thing people often tell us oh if you were so good at your job you'd be a coach uh yeah, yeah 12k per year no i don't think so <laughs> i'm sorry and guess what they do a good job of football scoop my funny thing is whenever football scoop reports something and then there's a various contingent of people who only pay attention to their local media market and they're like who's football scoop what do they know and it's right, like well they're right a lot of the time. So uh, well, they also know that there's a job opening at Moore Park College for 12K a year coaching quarterbacks that your boy is about to apply for. Well, they do a great job covering the assistant coaches' hirings and firings, which really helps me uh, when I'm writing those articles about that in the spring. So that wraps it up for us. We're going way long here. And uh, I think, as I said, bare bones edition. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you can. We're up to 53 reviews. I forgot to force my Thanksgiving guests to give us reviews. So we need you to uh, to, to do it for us. Uh, no new comments, no new reviews this week. I don't think. I think we're, uh, we're right back uh, where we belong. And we don't want to – I wanted to say uh, if you leave us a review, please – be sure to at least make fun of one of us. It makes it more fun to read uh, on the air. Um, and we do appreciate the reviews and we appreciate everybody that listens. We should say that, you know, I've been a little bit of an earnest mood tonight, I guess, as far as I go, but uh, no, we really do appreciate it. And, you know, we allow, we like you allowing us to keep doing this for a living. Real quick, last thing. I did have one comment from a couple of weeks ago. I forgot to read from James. He left us a comment on uh, SoundCloud. He said, I love the show and listen every week, especially when Woody and Rob are continuously wrong about the new Georgia recruiting. Woody, did you have to? Mean? Woody, did you have to pick us this week? LOL, and that was yeah. when I picked up the Auburn. He's right about that, though. They lost. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but those are the kind of comments we like to be called idiots, especially if you call Rob one. It makes me very happy. But call me a lunatic. I think Rob enjoys that as well. I do. All right, that'll take it. Uh, that'll do it for us. We'll be back with another episode from the road, probably next with Kruger. Week. Hopefully, <laughs> boy, we'll we'll see if the old ball and chain will. <laughs> Right on the podcast. <laughs> All right. That's it. And end of show. Bye.